Welcome to Connect to Languages. You're listening to episode number four. Hi, this is Nolwen and I've been a language teacher since 2010 and I created this podcast to help you create a positive connection with languages and in particular with English. Learning a language is not only about mastering linguistics, it's also about accepting to change your identity. Now, let me start straight away with the introduction of this episode because it's a special episode. I have a guest today. So, my guest is Sean Hapwood and uh, let me just talk to you a little bit about Sean and then we'll get started with the interview. Now, Sean Hapwood is one of us and by that I mean he's passionate about languages and he could not even consider his life or himself for that matter without being in constant contact with other cultures. He is a translator, uh, which is a profession that I admire because as a polyglot, I understand how difficult and sometimes impossible it is to translate from one language to another. But there's something else that um, I find impressive about Sean is that he is the CEO of Day Translations. So the website is daytranslations.com. Now, it's a translation and localization company operating in uh, over 100 languages worldwide. And uh, as a language expert and an entrepreneur myself, I can only be impressed because he built his company from scratch. So by going door to door, asking people if they required translation. And today he has a fully remote team from all over the world. And he's working in helping companies, but also individuals like me <laughs> who are trying to expand their operations. Um, he has worked with uh, Fox News and Ted and Bayer and Facebook HBO, AT&T and more. But apart from all of that, what I appreciate about him is that he is very down to earth and uh, the conversation we had was genuine and really interesting and he said some of the things that I thought as well but I think that he worded my thoughts better than I can do myself and he also sparked uh, some new ideas that I have to explore further. And especially about how important it is to consider the social rules of a culture when you learn the language and not only when you you travel. Uh, So let's start the interview now. When languages define us. Hi Sean, how are you? Welcome. How are you? I'm really, really happy uh, to have you on, on this podcast. Basically today I'm just we're just going to talk about languages in general okay. because that's obviously that's your thing and that that's mine. Yeah. Um. And if you don't mind just starting by introducing yourself, you could tell us where you're from and uh, why languages is part of your life. Oh well, I'm from a small town in Florida. It's near Tampa, Florida. Um, that's where I grew up. Um, I've always been passionate about languages ever since I was really, really young. Um, it's something that really interests me and it's interesting because it hasn't faded at all. I'm 41 mm-hmm. now and I'm still extremely passionate about languages. I'm learning a couple right now and I'll be doing it forever. <laughs> okay. Um, so straight away that made me think of something because when I was a child, I was not interested in, in languages. I yeah. I wasn't interested in it at all. I remember my first day of English class because I'm from France 
And I thought, well, I'll never go to England, so it's fine. You know, I I don't need it. So do you remember how you got interested in it? I mean, what was it that made you so motivated and interested? It's insane. (laughs) I'll just be honest. It's it's like a drug for me. I started learning Spanish and even a little bit of Urdu when I was really young. Um, Mm. I went to a summer camp and um, there was this girl named uh, Yasmin Mohammed, and she was uh, like a Pakistani girl and um, she started teaching me these words in Urdu and I was like wow that's really nice and um, then I and growing up in my neighborhood I lived in a predominantly Mexican neighborhood and they would teach me words here and there little by little I don't know if it's kind of like I'm really good at languages or just the fact that I started learning languages when I was really young and I started to get kind of like recognized for that mm-hmm. so I kind of fostered that ability more and more um so yeah because everyone would be like oh that's sean that's the guy who you know he's really good with languages so the more people said that the more it kind of boosted my self-esteem and i just started learning more languages from there just more and more it was really fun and this is kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy the more people tell me i'm good at it the more i keep trying <laughs> it started when i was like really young before seven years old yes very young <laughs> So it started with basically uh, another girl, I mean, a child who is your age and you wanted to yeah. communicate with her. Really strongly believe in uh, the, the emotional connection that you got with the language. And for me, that's like yeah. the number one factor that's going to uh, help you learn it. Uh, but yeah. and I'm really interested in the notion of identity and what you said is fascinating because you said people identified me as someone who was good this is the yeah. guy who's interested in languages this is the guy who speaks yeah. languages this is the guy who learns languages yeah. and you became that identity it became part of yeah. you and it's still part of you and it truly defines you for sure yeah yeah it definitely it is definitely if you had asked me who i am i would not say i'm the manager of a, of a translation company i would not say i'm a soccer player i would say i'm a linguist i'm a, a lover of languages mm. so yeah that is that is how I identify myself, um, not even by my name, you know, yeah. John. I don't think of myself as John. I think of myself as a guy who loves languages. It's amazing the identity you get from languages. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people get identity from their hobby. Like if you're a violinist, you're like, oh, that person is really good at playing the violin. But for me, you can and you know this because you speak a few languages. So the identity, your personal identity changes a little bit when you speak different languages. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's helped, it's actually helped me in my life because I've had people tell me that I'm much more kind when I speak Spanish. And I, I kind of caught that. I noticed, I'm like, okay, if I'm doing this in Spanish, let me try to be do this in English too. Oh, so, that's um, nice. Yeah. That little learning of languages had made, yeah. has made me a better person because all those little things reflect off. If you're in like a Colombia, Mm-hmm. And someone's like, oh, bien pueda, en que le puedo ayudar? You know, you just, buenas tardes. You know, they always say good afternoon and every good evening, you know. And that kind of leaks into your English. And then you start acting like that when you're speaking English. And mm-hmm. people are like hey, a little bit taken aback by when I go to like grocery store, I'll say, hey, good afternoon. How are, what will it be? And I'm like, hey, good afternoon. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so these linguistic things are also connected to culture. And they're part of culture. So you can't separate language and culture. And so once you learn mm-hmm. someone's language, their culture rubs off on you. And I feel like right now I'm kind of like an amalgamation of a bunch of different cultures. Yeah. And I wish that I could just bring someone inside mm-hmm. and show them everything. Whenever I'm speaking to someone who speaks Spanish, they're like, oh, 
this is my friend Sean. He loves the Hispanic culture. I'm like, that's true, but I also love a bunch of other cultures. Yeah. And then I'll, yeah. I'll speak to my friends from Morocco, and they're like, oh, yeah. Sean, he loves Morocco. I'm like, yeah, that's true. So these people are kind of like in their own world mm-hmm. in a way. I like a lot of cultures. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, want, um, I agree with you here. that culture and languages, and which influenced the other, we have no idea. They're so interesting. Yeah. For me, because I lived away from France for so many years, uh, I'm back now, but it's really hard to get back to, you know, things are very formal in France. If you go to a shop, for example, and I kind of lost that. So it was really hard for me to get back into it because I lived in the UK for so many years and, and then in Argentina for so many years and they don't have like a formal form of you. So Um, coming back to France was really hard at first to get back yeah. to conjugating the verbs in my native language was yeah. like a struggle. Reverse culture shock. It, exactly. <laughs> and then it's very weird because talking about identity, I, I can't identify with my culture and yeah. I don't know um, about you. Have you lived in different countries or have you uh, traveled a lot? Or, Go ahead. (laughs) No, yeah, I was going to say, have you been immersed in other culture or do you find immersion where you are? Because obviously where you're from, you've got already a wide range of of culture there. So um, tell us a little bit about your experience with that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. um, it's very interesting. I'm kind of like living in my own little world. I'm living in, uh, I feel like I'm living in multiple countries, countries simultaneously. I've actually only been to seven countries. Um, I lived in Colombia for three months and I mm. lived in Morocco for three months. Um, that's considered more like a really long vacation or something. It's not really considered living, I guess. Um, but I really immerse myself uh, in mm. cultures when I go. I would consider three months the minimum to say that you <laughs> live somewhere because you yeah. really have the time to get a feeling yeah, of what the sure. place is like. Yeah, instead of just saying I'm on vacation going places, you're like, okay, you got to do your laundry. Yes. You got to wait in line. Yeah. These are the things mm-hmm. that people do when they, when they live in these countries. They, you don't know what it's like to live here. Yeah. And so I like to just sit there and, and that's what I, I recommend people who do maybe listen to the podcast. You know, if you're, if you're on vacation, just take your bags and go to a laundromat and just do the laundry with the people. See how that is. You know? Yeah, and you're talk, talk to people, people there. <laughs> yeah. Because people, people, people want to talk. If you travel by bus, um, especially if you go to South America, I mean, people are so chatty over there. Like in Argentina, you you talk for hours. Um, yeah. So if you travel by bus rather than by plane, for example, you get to talk to someone for hours. <laughs> and that's one interesting thing I would tell you about my life. I live in Florida, in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the most in- multicultural cities in the United States. And... Tonight, I'm going to play uh, soccer with a group of people from Argentina and Uruguay. Mm. And, and literally, like, it's just, I feel like I'm in Argentina. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I, we, we talk and we talk a different dialect of Spanish. They're like, oh, oye, che, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's yeah. really nice, you know. <laughs> and uh, I can't say of all the words to say, you know. But um, uh, then there's this place that I just discovered right south of me, like 45 minutes. It's called Northport. Mm-hmm. It's all Ukrainians live there. There's this place where uh, you go to a spring. It's called a mineral spring. I went there last week, 
and I literally got in a swing and I just got it was speaking with a very thick accent. And I was like, okay, maybe he's got a thick accent. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like it. No, I went into the spring. Nobody spoke English. Not not one person. It's all Ukrainian. Mm. And well, the only way I found out that it was Ukrainian because I don't speak it was one of the guys was there with his son and his son spoke English. And I said, excuse me, what language is everyone speaking here? Because everyone was over like 60 or 70 years old. And he's like, oh, it's Ukrainian. I'm like, cool. <laughs> and I just kept women and I was listening to everybody. And I mean, it's it's nice. And one of my favorite things is when, um, I like people who don't speak any English um, because yes. it forces me to learn their language. Yeah. And I love to. I, I just love to be the one who adjusts to others. I've always been that way myself. I, I like to be, you know, I'm never like the kind of person that, you know, oh, learn my language. No, I, I want to learn your language. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it's fun. It's fun for me. <laughs> I agree. Also, when you want to learn a language, you need to avoid uh, the speakers of your language. Uh, so this yeah. is a trick I used anytime I leave the abroad. I don't mean to be mean to French people, but I was like, yeah. oh, he's French or she's French, but I don't want to go there. I want to go somewhere where I know that I want yeah. um be tempted or or that someone won't speak to me in French. Like I want to speak yeah. that language. Yeah. And um, that's when a I was really good Spain, trick. Mm. Yeah. When I was in Spain, all these guys in Grenada, Grenada, there was just like all these um, English guys and American guys were together and like made this little community. Why? Why do you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can have that back home. Why did you come? Yeah. If it, that is true. Yeah. There was I, a place very famous in Spain, Bel- Belidor or Bel... Something that's very famous in Spain. All the English people go there. All right. Um, there's a TV mm. show about Bell Bellador. Ah, I forgot the name of it. I need to find <laughs> out. Um, I don't know Spain very like well, actually. Let's talk about something that I'm dying to ask you. So I'm a language teacher. And uh, I speak languages, but I, I don't consider myself with talent for language. Like, I really need to work hard to get to learn and, and, and speak it. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it makes me a better teacher because then I understand all of the, the struggles that my students uh, might have. But I find it really difficult to translate. So you're in translation and, and I was wondering, I find translation very frustrating. I, mm-hmm. I'm not, obviously I'm not an expert in it. So how did you go about to learn it? Do you... Um, enjoy it is it frustrating for you as well sometimes and how much do you need to know about culture when when you translate especially with languages like uh, spanish that is spoken in so many countries um so there's a lot in it but if you could um talk to us a little bit about that approach that you have to translation well there's so much i can say about that it's really complicated. I've actually wrote a poem um, called Translation Doesn't Exist. Yeah. And the point of that poem mm-hmm. is not to say that you really can't translate things. It's to say there really is no word for word translation for anything in this mm-hmm. world um, because culture comes along with every word. So if you have the word, um, you know, like in French, you say, I'm going home in English. And in, in, in French, you say, chez moi. You know, oui. it's yeah. not the same thing. <laughs> it's, you know, going to, it just, it has a totally different feel. It has a different, it's not the same words even. Um, in English, you say, you know, I'm going home. In Spanish, you say, voy a mi casa, mi hogar, you know? Sí. Um, uh, and the, the, a casa and hogar are two totally different things. So um, casa is more just like the, the structure. Hogar is like 
the home. So yeah, we have house and home in English. So when you become a good translator, you can realize, okay, sometimes there are pretty close equivalents mm -hmm. um, that you can choose. Um, but one of the most difficult things you can do is try to um, translate humor. Uh, yes. I mean, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I can't even think of an example right now. But first of all, the sense of humor is different from yes. one culture to the next. Mm -hmm. And secondly, the jokes are not going to translate. Yes. So I feel so sorry for like the Simpsons translate. In our industry, they're known as like the more the most famous translators. I mean, mm -hmm. that show being translated into different languages is part of the reason why it always became a global phenomenon. You got to choose the voice. You got to choose everything. And they translate movies. They don't even they don't even translate the titles the same. Um, I can't think of an example of that either. But the whole yeah, because the reason so, is so many, probably seventy yeah. percent of movies. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not a direct translation because people do something which we kind of call transcreation, where mm -hmm. they use a different term that fits more within that culture. So you don't have to really do a direct word for word translation. Mm -hmm. Doing a, you're doing a marketing and translation at the same time, which is what we kind of call transcreation. Yes. So, yeah, I translated for a while, and I had a really hard time myself doing it. I mean, I could translate, but I put so much thought into it. I researched every word, mm -hmm. and so I just started hiring translators to do it, and and I managed. That's why I'm kind of in the managerial position right now. I feel myself more as more of like a a big picture type of person. Yes. And um, but. Having been a translator, I understand the job very well. So it's it's nice that I can kind of relate to the people I work with. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, of course, it's so so important. I agree with you, especially sense of humor. And uh, whenever I was learning a language, so for example, I moved to Argentina, and my level was probably pretty intermediate when I went there. Um, but it took me probably I don't know maybe two years to manage to be funny. You know, and, yeah. and I really enjoy, I like to say funny stuff. I mean, obviously, and, but it was so frustrating for two years. Like I couldn't be funny. It was awful. Uh, <laughs> I and know. Then you want people to, to know your real personality. Yeah. They can't see yes. your real personality because mm -hmm. they don't, you can't express yourself. Like Sofia Vergara and her, she has this joke where she said, oh, I'm a lot more smart in Spanish. Yeah. Something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can't be yourself if, if you can't speak the language. Properly. But I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no, actually you, you like extended, uh, what I yeah. wanted to say, I do, um, I do have, uh, another question, um, that I'd like to ask you because you work with, uh, languages and yes, you're in a country where you may be exposed to languages, but do you have, um, different languages at home or do you speak? I don't even know what languages you speak. I know that you speak many, at least five. Um, seven, but not fluent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but my, luckily my mom speaks a little French mm. and she took French and I always showed an interest in languages. So I was able to practice with my mo mother, you know, and I always make sure she doesn't lose what she knows when mm -hmm. we talk. I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, bonjour, mère, je t'aime. And she's like, oh, je t'aime. <laughs> she's like, we always, we talk French, you know, and she keeps her basic stuff. My French is not great, but it's more, it's oui. more than basic. C'est drôle parce que en français, on dit jamais je t'aime, même en famille. So we got this yeah. thing here where we're so, I don't know if I should say shy, but um, I think I've told my mother that I loved her maybe twice. And it was always yeah. in very serious circumstances, like when she was yeah. very, very ill or, yeah. uh, you know, we don't 
we don't say je t'aime. It's very hard <laughs> to say. Yeah. It's funny how this is <clears throat> something I found out actually with learning other languages that I could say it. You know, I could say I love you. Um, it was much easier. Um, yeah. But that so that's interesting. That this is the thing that you'd say, for example, to to your mum in French. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because yeah, the French people don't say it so much, and. <laughs> And I, and I find that a lot in different cultures and I'm just fascinated with cultures. Like my, mm. I love the ability that I have to kind of like adapt to others. Um, I learn, I'm learning Chinese now and they're the same way. They don't really mm. say I love you. Yeah. They show it through actions. If I'm going to make friends with a Chinese person, I'm not going to expect that person to be telling me, oh, you're cool, you're nice, you're this, you're that. I'm just going to expect that person if they're around me they probably think I'm cool. If um, someone brings me uh, some food, they probably, that means I love you or if they, or I like you or, you know, or if someone does me something nice and then they, by that same token, they don't really understand the American culture or maybe the, you know, uh, Latino culture where you're, you're so expressive, overly expressive sometimes. And some people might think that's insincere for, you know, but, you just have to learn to adapt. Everyone has their own way of expressing themselves and expressing love. It's such an important thing to to think of, especially when you're in a multicultural relationship. And yeah. uh, I've got quite a bit of experience in that. And <laughs> and at first, especially when I was young, I, I didn't know that. Uh, but I remember my first relationship with an, an Irishman. And there's so many things that, he didn't understand and I didn't understand <laughs> that he didn't and then I didn't understand him and when I thought back many years afterwards like why didn't I explain it because I didn't know I had to and yeah and that's the, that's the thing yeah and that's the thing as translators um one thing that we are and teachers are the same way we are really big on context and we're really mm. big on patient so as a translator you realize this person probably, even if I'm saying the right words, might not. They might not understand me. You have to learn to find out what is their love language, what is their work language, what is it mm -hmm. that that really gets to their brain and to their soul. And in the way you learn it is by asking them. You know, some mm -hmm. people don't really communicate well, but you ask them what you know, what what motivates you, what drives you, you know, and, and stuff like that. If you're with someone or you have a friend or you're dating someone from another country, it's nice. What I mean. A lot of people want to be with or someone who's just like themselves, but where's the fun in that? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like to learn. I like to learn. So it's interesting it's because if we look back into some psychology, for example, in my family, all of my brothers and sisters, we tend to want to be with someone who's different from us. And yeah. I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, I'm always interested in <laughs> in sharing not just relationship, but, I mean, any kind of relationships like friendships. Uh, uh, yeah. For work as well, I'm interested in in learning from people who are different from me. So yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree with you. It's so in, yeah. so rich. I find it very very rich. Yeah, like I yeah I was having my friend. Um, he's from Cameroon, and they invited mm. me for food. And I love the food. All, yeah. yeah, they all eat with their hands, and I'm yes. like, okay, I'm gonna start eating with my hands. I'm not gonna ask for a fork, mm. you know. You know, yes. and so yeah, it was. It's nice. It's nice to learn how people are and how they act in different places, and I really like it. Yeah, I like Nigerian food. 
like can like Cameroon food. I'm like I'll I'll try South Africa. I'm not gonna say my favorite type of African food because then other people and I don't know who's on your podcast. They might they might say no, this one's better, and they'll start arguing. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. But I lived in in East <laughs> Africa when I was um, young because uh, because yeah. my dad. So I. And what did they think about your French though? So. No, I don't remember there being an issue. I know that they used words that uh, I might not use, but there's some yeah. expressions that they use that at first I I didn't understand. It took me like a while. Uh, but once you understand this, then um, then it's fine. But I, I was um, a teenager there, and I think it's really what gave me um, these passion. Actually, languages happened because I wanted to to travel. Yeah. So languages came after. Uh, the first thing was uh, to discover culture. That's really good. Yeah, I yeah. My first place that I ever visited was Spain, and that was my first travel, and I was excited. And the reason, yeah, I wanted to, the reason I made a trip to um, Spain, mm. then to um, Morocco. Um, I made the double trip because I wanted to practice my Arabic and my French and my Spanish all in one yes. trip, and so. I'm, I try to be efficient, so I got them all done in one trip, and then I went to Holland after that. But I don't speak any Dutch, so mm, I didn't get it. That's so interesting. Yeah, I think that um, because obviously Spain and Morocco are so close, it makes sense to just yeah. uh, go for a round trip. Yeah. So thank you very much. We're gonna uh, wrap it up in in a moment, but I really wanted to thank you. I find it so interesting, especially coming from uh, the translating uh, world. And yeah. uh, well, I hope that we'll keep in touch. Oh, for sure. I'm here anytime you want to talk. <laughs> Hopefully, it was helpful. Okay. I found it very, very helpful and very interesting. I love meeting language nerds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit too passionate about it. <laughs> Thank you very yeah, much. Cool. I love it. It was nice meeting you too. Thank you so much.